Hello and welcome to the Chingona Living Podcast. Today you're going to listen to the recording of the Chingona Moms Masterclass, where you are going to learn four tools to help you have a healthy relationship with your adolescent and young adult kids. Get ready to take some notes, amiga. This is going to be awesome. Hello and welcome. Welcome, welcome to the Chingona Moms Masterclass. I am your friend, women's empowerment coach, transformational coach, Anabel Quintanilla. And today we're going to learn something so powerful, four things that are going to blow your mind and that are going to change the way that you relate with your teenage children and your young adult children. You're going to learn a little bit about me in just a little bit. Um, everybody who is here live today is going to be entered to win this really gigantic mug by Cositas a Toda Madre. It's the Mujer mug that says fuerte, suficiente, auténtica, valiosa, chingona, talentosa, etc. Here's what you need to do in order to, to get that, though, to be entered to win. Nothing. You're already here. I just need to know that you're here. So if you can say hello in the Q&A or maybe take a screenshot of, what, of what's happening here and post it, tag me on Instagram, chingona living, I would be very much appreciative of that. You're here because you have teenagers and or young adult children. So the, I promise you that this, the next 59 minutes that we are here together, and this is being recorded. So if you are not able to watch the whole thing, um, then you're going to get a link to watch the recording anytime you want to. Tomorrow, I'll have that sent out tomorrow. Um, you're here because you have teenage children and young adult children. I do too. In fact, just last week, I became a grandmother and I'm so excited to share that. Anastasia River Quintanilla Gonzalez is the greatest little squishiest baby that has ever walked into our life here at home. Um, I am the mother of five. I did not birth all five. It, my husband and I have what is commonly known today as a blended family. I have three children, two of which I brought into the world, one of which I adopted in my previous marriage, and two that I inherited as well when I married my forever husband. I love him dearly. A lot of you know him. He went to Lee's with friend recently, and some random person said, hey, you're Annabelle's husband, and I could never tell you who that is because I, I pimp him out on Instagram all the time. I am certified in transformational coaching. You don't really need to know what that is today. I'm also certified as a board certified holistic health practitioner. I own Health and Vida LLC, and through that company, I also own Chingona Living, which is to be incorporated as a company really, really soon. I am a business owner, ladies. I am a business owner. I own two businesses. And let me tell you, it is all that and a bag of chips. I am a modern day womanist. I'm on a mission to destroy anything that limits women and keeps us from stepping into our power. I do this through private and group coaching. I've also started doing a lot of volunteer work across the globe. So I've done stuff in Mexico. I've done stuff in Los Angeles. And I'm now going to focus very intensely here in our Las Vegas community, working with several organizations to offer space and support for the promoting of emotional wellness in our Latinx and Hispanic communities. Um, and my brand name is De Chillona a Chingona, which means from crybaby to badass because 
if you knew me prior to 2010, I cried at the drop of a hat. Uh, I was known to cry on demand. And some of my friends absolutely loved it because it got us out of a lot of trouble. And I'm super in love with my life. My intention is to help you fall in love with yours. Speaking of intentions, amigas chingonas, I want you to breathe for just a few seconds. And exhale. Do it one more time. And exhale. Have you breathed today? Have you breathed today? And now that we're here in this moment of peace, I want you to set an intention. What is it that you want to learn during our next 55 minutes together? Who do you want to be on the other side of this webinar? What kinds of things do you want to see in your life and in your family? If we walk around life not setting intentions for things, then we miss out on opportunities to create something amazing. Forget this. You already know about the gift. The gift is this. And there's also a coupon code should you want to take your journey to emotional wellness deeper. Here are the four things that you're going to learn today. We're going to talk about the nervous system. All of this is very surface level because I have 60 minutes with you, not 60 days. 60 minutes to learn about nervous system, emotional resilience, firm and loving boundaries, modeling behaviors, leading by example. And you should know that this is a very safe space here today. I will not be offering any hot seat coaching today. That is not what this is intended for. This is intended for you to receive the tools and, and breathe into the fact that if you apply these tools, your life will absolutely change. We're going to start with the nervous system because it is the reason for so many arguments between you and your children, between you and your spouse, between you and your coworkers, between you and your, and your siblings, your family members. Our nervous system operates in two modes. There is the parasympathetic mode. I know it's a really big word. What I want you to know is that when your body is in this mode, everything is well. Everything is functioning normally the way it needs to. Your heart, your lungs, your eyes, your digestive system, your immune system, everything is functioning the way it needs to be. Other very common words to describe that our body's in parasympathetic mode is homeostasis. When our body is in homeostasis, it is believed to be in parasympathetic mode. When our body is resting and digesting, which means we eat, we metabolize our food, we're done eating, we go to sleep, and we actually sleep. We don't experience upset stomach. We don't experience all of the intolerances that our body produces when we eat things like sugar and gluten, um, other foods. There's so many people who are allergic to a lot of different things. Seafood is a very common one. Peanuts is another common one. When your body is in homeostasis, unless you have an actual allergy that is genetic or is um, 
the word is escaping me, then it's probably something that is caused by your immune system. That doesn't happen when your body's in parasympathetic mode. The flip side of parasympathetic mode is sympathetic mode. This means that our body switches gears instantly anytime that it perceives stress. Now, notice that I'm bolding and italicizing the word perceives because I have a question for you in just a little bit. So anytime that the body perceives stress, it goes from I'm resting and digesting and all is well and I'm in homeostasis to holy cow, there's a crisis. I'm going to be eaten. There's a predator. I'm going to be victimized. I'm going to be hurt, which limits the functionality of your body. Your body, when it is in sympathetic mode, when your nervous system is in sympathetic mode, it is doing so to keep you alive, which means that all of your energy is channeled so that you can fight, flight, freeze or fawn. You choose one of these responses. We're going to see this very clearly when we're talking about our children. So when our body perceives stress, it thinks there is stress. It's going to choose one of these four response modes. You're going to see what these look like. The question is, how often is your body perceiving stress? You get a phone call from your husband at work. And the first thing you say when you see the phone is, oh, why is he calling me at work? What happened? When you do that, your body goes from I'm well, I'm resting and digesting to holy cow, there's an emergency. You get a call from your kid's school. What happened? Right? You missed three phone calls from your mom. What happened? You're on your way to work and you're jamming out to your favorite music and suddenly you have to slam on your brakes. Your body is constantly flipping back and forth from all is well to I am not well. And every time that you are not well, remember you have limited functionality of the body. You, you are not digesting. You are not sleeping. You're not producing enough oxygen. You're not looking at your entire surroundings because you're like watching this thing because you need to make sure that you survive this thing. How often is your body perceiving stress? Moms, when we come home from work and we've had a bad day and we walk in the door and there are backpacks thrown all over the floor and there are shoes and there's bags of chips everywhere. And you walk in and you're like, why does this house look like this? Your nervous system is under attack. And guess who else's nervous system is under attack? Your child's. There are four response modes. Fight looks like this. It's an immediate assessment of the situation. And the question becomes, can I take this on? Can I fight this person? Is there a chance I'm going to win? If the answer is, yes, I can take on this situation or this person. Yes, there's a good chance I'm going to win. You're going to fight. Your child is going to be asking the same questions. 
Can I take on my mom and her attitude? Can I take on my dad and his attitude? If there is any level of confidence in that child, that child is going to fight back. Or they're going to be like, whatever. Right? Like, I'm out of here. I can't. I'm out. Because you know what? Here we are again. Here we are again. I can't do this anymore. I don't have the energy. I got to leave. Right? We do this in, in human adulthood also. If we can't fight because we're not going to win, we leave. I'm out. I'm out. I'm not even dealing with you. I'm out. Right? Flight. Freeze. You've seen this in your kids. When you're talking to them and you're talking to them and they're like zoned out. They're just like, are you done? Are you done? There's nothing. We do that. When we get caught off guard and we're like, oh, that's my boss. I can't fight. I can't leave this meeting. And we're just frozen. Like, I can't even believe this is happening to me. Don't cry. Don't cry. Don't cry. Don't cry. But we're frozen. This is our nervous system in crises mode. And then there's fawn. Fawn is newer. It's, it's, there's, there's more and more studies to show that fawn is also a response of our nervous system when we're like, I can't fight because I'm not going to win. I can't leave. You won't leave me alone. Even if I freeze, I'm going to give in. Fine. What would, what do you want me to do? Okay, fine. I'll do it. Yeah. Okay, fine. I'll do it. Yeah. Fine. I'll do it. And then what do we say as moms? Don't give me that attitude. What attitude would you rather have? This child's nervous system is under attack. So is yours. Because if you were cool, calm, and collected, you wouldn't have kicked into sympathetic response mode. Is all of this sounding like, oh, I see this in my children. Throw it in the Q&A. When you or your kids feel the need to, flat, to fight, flee, freeze, or give in, the nervous system is under stress and it will do all that is necessary to, to return to its normal state where it feels safe and well. Here's my question. What is normal in your home? What is normal? When you're like, I, my body is going to do anything to return to a state of normal. What does that normal look like for you? Do you like it? If so, keep doing it. If not, is there an opportunity for you to improve things? That's always going to be the question. Amigas, none of what you're learning today is intended to cause you any sort of judgment. Not judgment from me, not judgment from anybody else in this space, and not judgment for your, from yourself. Notice that this stuff is happening and ask yourself, is there an opportunity for me to improve things? And there always is. And here's how we start to improve things. We're gonna dive into emotional resilience, which means the process of adapting well to adversity, a trauma, a tragedy, a threat, or sources of significant tension. 
I want you to identify normal is me trying to keep the peace. No, I don't always like it. I feel like I take all the burdens. Exactly. Normal is you trying to keep the peace. So if you go back, you are in fawn mode. Yes, what would you like me to do? Okay, yeah, I'll do that. Okay, fine. Okay, fine. So that you keep the peace. Keeping the peace, fawn mode, is still a nervous system response. We're going to look at emotional resilience and we're going to look at boundaries to see how these are going to help you. So emotional resilience is this space that we create where our children can adapt to what's happening in the world. Their whole world does not revolve around what's happening at home. It no longer, if you're dealing with teenagers and young adults, let me tell you, their entire world is outside of your home. It is their friends. It is school. It is their peers. It is their teachers. How are they going to see me? What are they going to? They don't care about what is happening at home. Mommy and daddy are no longer their world. That was true when they were four, five, six, and seven. And then at some point, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, they became your protectors. I got to make sure mommy's okay. You've seen this in your kids. Your kids go from, I'm all about mommy, and then they become mommy's protectors. Don't talk to mommy that way. Don't talk to mommy that way. Mommy, I didn't like the way he looked at you. They become our little protectors. And they will do that until they're like, my mom's fine. But will I be okay if I am not popular? Will I be okay if I don't have these shoes? Will I be okay if I get don't get into this class? Will I be okay if I don't get this job? Their whole world becomes inward and, and they are influenced heavily by who they are surrounded by in a social setting. So how we create emotional resilience is really op open and honest communication, which can be very challenging for a lot of moms. I, it has been very challenging for me at well, as well. There are times where I really wish I didn't have to hear what my children have to say. I have a brand new granddaughter. My daughter is 23 and a half. She'll be, 20, she'll be 24 in a few weeks. Amanda will be 24 in a few weeks. And we had a very hard conversation yesterday. Very hard. In, in quotations, right? I don't think anything is hard. But if I would have... If she would have shared the same topic with a previous version of me, the me would have been saying, oh my God, baby, this is very hard. And yesterday we just had a very honest and open conversation about her fears, about motherhood, about being alone, about her biological mother, about her biological mother's mental health conditions. We had a really honest and open conversation. And I didn't try to change any of the ways she was feeling. I simply listened to her with the intention to understand. Help me understand. I want you to write that down. Help me understand what you're thinking. Help me understand what you are feeling. Help me understand. That phrase is going to be one of your best friends from here on forward. When your child is expressing themselves, when your child is emoting about something, this is what you do. 
You shut your lips and you listen. And then you ask, help me understand how this is helping, how this is making you feel. Help me understand how this started. Help me understand what you think started this. Help me understand. Recognize what you're looking for in this conversation are the thoughts that they're having and the emotions that they're expressing. Again, no judgment. No judgment. You're listening for the, my friends think I'm stupid. You're listening to the, you hate me. You're listening for the, I don't know what's going to, I don't know if I want to go to college. That makes me feel like a, I feel like a dummy. You're listening out for that. No judgment. And then you're helping them see when they tell you something, you recap. I hear you telling me that you don't know if college is for you. Is that concerning you? How's it making you feel? These are very real conversations that I have with clients who are teenagers and young adults that I work with as well, as well as my children. That is how you create emotional resilience. But amigas, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why in a bit. Because we don't do that. Here's why this is so important for you to listen without judgment. Our thoughts create our emotions and our emotions create our actions, which we know as behaviors and habits. You're going to see this. Our thoughts create our emotions and our emotions create our actions, which we will call habits and behaviors. Let me show you. This, is, this comes from my clients. I have teenage clients and I have young adult clients. Their moms, they're like, can you help my son? Can you help my daughter? And my answer is always, I'd rather work with you because I guarantee you that you're part of the problem. But absolutely, I will work with your teenage child and your young adult child. And then we'll have a few sessions and then they'll realize that it really is my mom. My mom is a basket case. They'll say things like, my mom doesn't get me. That causes them to feel frustrated. They are expressing themselves. They are trying to tell you something. And you're like, I don't understand what the problem is. You, I don't understand. I do everything for you. I don't understand. You have it all. Why, how could you be sad? How, how could you be? So they're frustrated. They're thinking my mom doesn't get me. They're frustrated. And what do they do when they're frustrated? They keep things from you. They're like, I can't talk to my mom. She doesn't understand me. So then you ask them, what's wrong? Nothing. Clearly something's wrong. No. I can't help you if you won't talk to me. There's nothing wrong. I said there was nothing wrong. Lay off, mom. Back off. Because their thought isn't my mom talks to me about anything. I can talk to my mom about anything. That's not the thought they're having. They're, they're thinking that you don't get them. Or they're thinking, my mom is always busy. She never has time for me. I get that a lot. My mom works two jobs. I, I can't burden her with what I'm dealing with. How do they feel? They feel lost. And if they feel lost, they're going to find a way to resolve things on their own. Do you remember being a teenager 
and a young adult trying to figure things out on your own? Was it easy? Probably not. Did it always work out? Probably not. Parents found out sooner than later, right? How'd it go when they found out? But yet so often, us as parents, we're not available for our children. In my case, with my ex-husband, my children actually said this. I can't talk to you, mom. You only do what my dad wants you to do. You only do what daddy tells you to do. My children felt abandoned. That is not the case anymore, which is why I don't have emotion when I talk about what my life was, because it is not my life anymore. My life today is amazing. It is beautiful. It is what I want for every single woman on this earth. The relationship that I have with my children, even though we do not see eye to eye on everything, is a relationship that I want every mother to have with their child. That was not the case. They hid in their own world for long periods of time. And I didn't know better. To, I didn't go in there and, are you depressed? Do you need to talk to a coach? Do you need to talk to a therapist? Can we figure something out? I didn't know that. When your children can tell you, I can talk to you about anything. They are so confident. And they will literally share everything with you. Even the stuff that you wish they weren't going through. My now 20-year-old, Marissa, when she was 15 and a half years old, told me that she didn't know if she wanted to be alive anymore. That was a very hard conversation for me to have. And we talked it through. And I asked her, what do you need? Do you need coach or do you need mom? And she said, I need mom. I said, okay, you'll get mom. And then at some point I said, you're going to get coach also. So I want you to write down this other question. What do you want me to do for you in this moment? The question that you're asking is, what are you seeking? Are you seeking comfort or are you seeking solutions? Do you want me to hug you? Do you want me to help you figure this out? Sometimes your kids, all they need is to be able to tell you that they're having a bad day. What do we do? What's there to have a bad day about? You know what my day looked like? You try getting up at four o'clock in the morning and, and having to make all the lunches and make all the breakfasts and drive you. Did you want to talk about a bad day? We judge them. What's there to be sad about? You have everything. Mommy works so hard to make sure you have everything. I don't understand why you're sad. Sometimes kids are sad just because they're sad. Because they're hormonal. Because they have nobody else to talk to. Because something happened to their friend. Because who knows? They saw something on the news. Who knows? They're sad. And when they come to you, you say, oh, you're sad. You close your mouth, you open your ears, and you listen. You listen. And you say, okay, I see your sadness. I am so sorry that you're sad. I wish 
I had the answers for you. That's it. That's it. That's it. You don't say anything else. I wish I had the answers. That sucks. That blows. I am sorry. That's it. That's it. Because sometimes when they're like this, and then you're like, well, then you should draw. You should go play outside. You should call a friend. You should, mom, mom, mom. See, this is why I don't tell you anything. Because now you're going to start. So when you ask, what do you need from me? Right? Close your mouth and listen. What do you need from me? I just wanted to be able to talk to you. Okay. I'm here. Talk. Close your mouth and listen. And they start. And then you say, would you like to know what I'm thinking? Would you like to know what I'm hearing? Don't make it about you. It breaks my heart that you're going through this. Don't say that. I'm not cursing today because there's some important people here and I can't curse. I promise to be respectful. That hurt not to say it. Don't fucking get involved when they don't want you to get involved. Okay, I can breathe again. If they just want you to listen, don't start yapping away. Listen with the intention to understand. I hear you're telling me that what happened to your friend really hurt you. Wow. You obviously care a lot about your friend. Wow. Hmm. Would you like me to make you some tea? Can I give you a hug? Usually they're going to say yes to the hug, no to the tea, right? And then you say, is there something I can do for you right now? Here are some disempowering questions. I want you to write these down because we all use them. Why don't you talk to me? They have a million reasons not to talk to you. Why do you shut down this way? They have a million reasons to shut down. Freeze, nervous system response. They're under stress. Don't you think this hurts me too? Ego, ego, they don't care. You're an adult, you're gonna survive. You've been on this earth probably two to three times longer than they have. It doesn't matter how hurt you are. Why does it have to be so difficult with you? They have a million reasons for that answer. One, because mom activates their nervous system. Because mom doesn't have emotional control. Because mom doesn't understand that whatever she can do to control her nervous system, she should be doing. What more can I do? Disempowered question. What more can I do? What more can I do? Disempowering question. They don't want you to do anything. Here are the empowering questions. Disempowering questions reinforce the behavior. The very thing you don't want to see, it's going to reinforce that. Here are the empowered questions. Write these down. Take a Snapchat. It's not a Snapchat. Take a picture. How do you feel when you have a problem and you think you can't come to me? How do you feel when you think you have a problem 
or when you how do you feel when you have a problem and you think you can't come to me because it's a thought they're having I can't come to my mom I can't talk to my mom about this it's a thought they're having what do I need to do to earn your trust what do I need to do to earn your trust I'm here to talk to you why aren't you talking to me that's not helping you earn your, their trust would you like to talk to me about this they're going to say no and you're going to say okay what can I do to earn your trust? And here's something you need to know about trust. It's situational. When they trust you about one thing, they only trust you on that one thing. They're not granting you carte blanche permission to invade every other area of their life. When they trust you, they trust you on that one topic. You have to earn the trust to talk about this friend and the trust to talk about that friend and the trust to talk about the schoolwork and the trust to talk about that teacher and the trust to talk about dad and the trust to talk about their siblings. You are constantly earning their trust and you're constantly asking, what can I do to earn your trust in this area? When they say, I don't wanna talk, you say, okay, I trust you'll remember that I'm here when you're ready. Would you like some tea? Are you ready for dinner? And you smile and you swallow your ego. That is like, oh my God, you're being a horrible mother if you don't find out what's happening with your kids right now. Because those disempowered thoughts and questions are pushing you away from your children. They are creating a larger wedge. What can I do to demonstrate that I'm also hurting and that we're going to be okay. Your kids want to know that you're a human being too. They don't want to know that this hurts you. Don't you see how much this is hurting me? They don't want to know that. They want to know, oh, mom is affected by this situation too. And she's guaranteeing me that we're going to be okay. Because So she's the adult. So if she's hurting and she's telling me she's going to be okay, then we're going to be okay. They are looking for you to take the reins without letting them think that they that you've taken the reins. Teenagers and young adults can be so tricky. Here's where we're gonna get into boundaries, amigas. Any questions, please throw them in the Q&A. A boundary, by definition, I told you we were gonna move fast and I'm keeping true to my word. A boundary by definition is a point a spot, a line that indicates the end of something non-tangible. For example, a person's behavior. We're talking about boundaries in the emotional wellness world, right? Not boundaries like a fence out there or like the city limits, but indeed that's what it is. It indicates a line that should not or cannot be crossed. It's the buck stops here. This is it, the party's over. Se acabó la fiesta, this is it. Are you done? You're done because you've hit this point. There are three components to a boundary. You wanna know these, three components to a boundary. You wanna first identify the undesirable action or habit that will no longer be tolerated. What is the undesirable behavior? The thing you don't wanna see anymore. Because if you desired it, then it would you wouldn't need to have a boundary right? 
you want to have boundaries over on in areas where the child could hurt him or herself, could hurt you. Then you want to decide ahead of time, you want to decide ahead of time, if you can, what the consequence will be if this undesirable behavior occurs again. So what's the behavior and what's the consequence? Number three, you want to communicate and execute the boundary if the undesirable behavior reoccurs. That's it. Can we take the emotion out of the boundary? We don't set boundaries because my kids are going to think that I'm so mean. They're going to love me. They're not going to talk to me for two or three weeks. Guess what? If your children don't talk to you for two or three weeks, nobody is going to die. You're not going to die. I promise you. That is your nervous system, your inner critic. Mine, her name is Demetria. That is your inner critic. Like, oh, we can't, we have to give in. We have to give in. Is giving in helping you? No. If it were, you wouldn't be here. Boundaries are not empty threats. My husband, the one I'm married to now, Mr. Amazing, was notorious for telling kid two, Michael, if you don't quit, I'm going to kick you out. If you don't stop it, I'm going to send you to your grandma's house. You don't like it, you can leave. And he would constantly, constantly tell him that. And I would say, you need to stop threatening him that way. You know, you're not going to kick him out. You know, you're not going to kick him out. Well, hopefully that way he learns. He won't. If anything, he's going to know that his dad is full of crap. That his dad is threatening him to, by, do, by threatening him with something he's never going to do. If you're trying to set a boundary, Tell him you're going to take his phone away for a month. You're trying to set a boundary. Tell him he can't drive the car for a month. You're trying to set a boundary. Tell him that you're going to do something that you're actually going to do. Here's why we don't set boundaries. Again, your thoughts, amiga, create your emotions. And your emotions create your actions, habits, and behaviors. So if you are thinking, my kids don't listen to me, you feel unheard. You feel frustrated. And what do you do when you feel unheard and frustrated? You scream, you yell, you have emotional outbursts. I can't talk anymore. Don't you see what you're doing to me? My kids don't listen. So you feel unheard. So maybe if you yell a little louder, they'll hear you. They won't. You think if I threaten them, they'll listen. If I threaten them, they'll listen. They won't. Because you have false hopes. You have now set yourself up for failure. You have false expectations. You know you're not going to throw your children out. You're not. You're not going to burn all their clothes. You're not. You're not. So what are you doing when you have false hopes, empty threats? I pray this works. I hope this works. I hope this works, right? Changuito, changuito, changuito. No, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Your energy is off already. If I discipline them, 
they'll stop loving me. Really? So how do you feel when you think if I discipline them, they'll stop loving me? If I ground her, oh my gosh, she's gonna be so mad. She's not gonna love me anymore. You're afraid. Nobody wants their child to not love them. Guess what? You can't control that because love is an emotion. Love is an emotion and emotions come from thoughts. If they're going to love you, it's because they're going to think they have a lovable mother. It's because they're thinking my mother is the best thing in the whole wide world. Of course, I love her. Maybe at minimum, they just have the thought she's my mom. Of course, I love her. I can't stand her, but of course I love her. So it doesn't matter what you do. Their love comes from their thoughts. You could be spinning your wheels, freezing, fighting, fleeing, fawning, giving in, buying all the things. It's not affecting how they feel. The only thing that's affecting how they feel is what they think. So when you feel fearful, you give in. You're people pleasing. When you think, and I want you to take a Snapchat, I keep saying Snapchat, to take a screenshot, and I want you to take this thought and think it all the time. Boundaries come from a place of love. I can communicate them and enforce them with calm. When you think that and you believe it wholeheartedly, if you don't believe it yet, throw in I'm willing. I'm willing to believe that boundaries come from a place of love or boundaries come from a place of love and I'm willing to communicate and enforce them with calm. I'm willing. Say what you believe to be true. But when you own this thought, you feel confident. And when you feel confident, amiga, you enforce limits as often as you need to. And you have zero emotion. I understand you're upset and we talked about it. Here are some disempowering questions. Why don't you listen to me? They have a million reasons why they're not listening to you. How many times do I have to tell you? A million more. A million more. Tell me, what am I supposed to do? Absolutely nothing. There is nothing that you can do. But create the space for the nurturing of emotional resilience. Shut up. Open your ears and listen. If you're asking this question, it's because you're not doing those other things. I guarantee you. Because you're like trying to find all the answers to fix their problem. You're doing the wrong things. Do you like being in trouble? What a stupid question. Does anybody like being in trouble? No. Why do we ask that stupid question? Do you like it when you get punished? Do you like being grounded? It's as ridiculous as my father used to tell my brother, do you like being whipped by the belt? Nobody fucking likes that. Nobody likes that. Can we stop asking that question? And remember, if disempowering questions reinforce the behavior. So here are questions, because this is a good webinar. I have a good friend. Powerful questions or empowering questions that you want to ask. You want to let your kids have some skin in the game. Which consequence, which consequence do you think is appropriate for this type of behavior? You're engaging their conscious mind. 
they know their conscious mind is responsible for thinking, learning, all the skills happen right here. Critical thinking, problem solving, rational thinking happens right here in the mind. The conscious mind right here, amiga, conscious mind is only on about 10% of the time. The other time, it's their unconscious mind thinking. And their unconscious mind only wants comfort. Only wants comfort. It doesn't care about what's right or wrong. It doesn't care about rationale. It doesn't care. Is this going to be uncomfortable? Is this going to be comfortable or not? They're literally primal thinkers. <clears throat> so when you engage their conscious mind by asking them, huh? So, Johnny, Billy, Amanda, Marissa, Valerie, those are my children's names, Anthony, Michael. What consequence do you think is appropriate for this type of behavior? <sighs> okay, okay, I'll give you my phone for a day. How about you give me your phone for a week? But, but mom, would you rather go for a month? Okay, okay, here's my phone for a week. Right? They got skin in the game. The next time that they cross that boundary, whoa, whoa, they know what's in it for them. I'm curious. What would you do if you were in my shoes? What would you say? How would you react? I'm curious. I really want to know. Help me understand what you would do if you were me. Get them thinking. These questions don't get them thinking. There's no thought process here. These questions get them thinking. What do you think behaving, why do you think behaving responsibly is so important? Why do you think behaving responsibly is so important? I'm curious, Annabelle. Why do you think it's so important to behave responsibly? Oh, uh, I don't know. I, I think you do know. Why is it so important to behave responsibly? You become a different person when you start asking these questions, amiga. You could feel it already. I know some of you are like really excited to go home and have this conversation with your children. How do you feel when you do the things I ask you to do? Oh, I feel great. Yeah, me too. Don't you want to feel great? I mean, when I ask you to take the trash out, how great is it if you just got up and did it? Remember, they're not getting up to take the trash out because their unconscious mind is like, that's not comfortable. We don't like it. We don't like it. We don't like it. And they're not thinking about how uncomfortable they're going to be when they get in trouble because they're not thinking about the future. They're, they want comfort right now, right now, in this moment. Here's where it starts to get really good. We're going to start modeling behaviors. So I want you to. Take some action items away. I want you to write things down. I want you to get out a journal or something. And don't forget to tag me in this because if you're here live, you're gonna you're gonna win one of these. You could enter to win one of these mugs. My little plug. What do you want to see in your kids? Write this stuff down. And I want you to be very specific. I want you to imagine that you're even writing this movie. And if you close your eyes, you can see this movie unfolding in your mind. You probably want your kids to be happy and healthy. I'm yet to be the mom that says, I don't care if my kids are happy. I want them to be miserable and I want them to die really young. No mother has ever told me that. All moms want their children to be happy and healthy and successful. 
I want them to ask for what they need when they need it. I want them to ask for help. I want them to come to me when they need my help. Write that down. I want them to respect their bodies. I want them to dress their age. I want them to, you know, like take their time with tattoos and piercings. Like, you know, like don't make any hasty decisions. That was me, right? My now 20 year old has the world is mine on her neck. She came home with that three years ago. And I was like, why? I want them to strengthen their minds. I want them to like read more books and I want them to watch like documentaries. I don't want them to be playing video games and all their phone all the time. I want them to use their imagination. God, my kids are always bored and they're like so much for them to do. I want them to get along well with their family. I don't want them to fight so much with their children, with my other children. You want to write this stuff down. And I want you to be again, very specific. You are creating a movie in your head with these images that you want to see, amiga. Okay, so just be very detailed. Here's where we start to really understand where a lot of your children's behaviors stem from. They stem from their emotions that come from their thoughts. Where do their thoughts come from? There are four thought sources. We're getting into a little bit of... Um, behavioral coaching here, which we're not going to dive deep into today. There are four sources of thoughts. You're welcome to write these down. Nervous system, familial conditioning, social conditioning, trauma, and life experiences. We are not going to talk about anything but familial conditioning today because familial conditioning is what you can control. You can't control what happens in their school or college environment. You can't control what happens with their romantic relationships. You can't control what happens when they are driving themselves to their part-time job after school. You can't control that. You can't control how their nervous system responds. You can control how, control how your nervous system responds, your nervous system responds, which creates their nervous system response. But when you tell them, why are you so stressed out? You can't change the fact that they're stressed out, okay? You can control familial conditioning. I want you to think really hard and deep and honest about what your children see in your household. What do they see and what do they hear? Do you like what they're seeing and what they're hearing? Are there arguments? Is there fighting? Is it lack of communication, poor communication? What are they seeing? How are they seeing you treat your body? Our kids pay attention. How are they seeing you treat your body? Do you say, oh, you know, I really want to lose a couple of pounds. And this is not a weight loss class, right? And then they see you do everything but do the things that you're supposed to do to lose a couple pounds. Do they see you standing in front of the mirror complaining about your clothes and your outfit? And then they see you sabotaging yourself with your food habits. Do they see you going nuts, crying? I'm fine. I'm fine fine. Oh, mommy's just having a moment. How was your day, honey? How was your day, sweetie? 
Do they see you losing your shit and not asking for help? Do they see that? Because if that's what they're seeing in you, guess what they are learning to do? They're not learning to honor their bodies. They're not learning to create help. They're not learning to ask for help, to talk to somebody when they are emotionally distressed. They're learning that it is normal to fight and argue in relationships. It's normal. Marriage is hard. Why? Because we say it. Marriage is hard. I do not want my daughters growing up thinking marriage is hard. My kids know marriage is what you make of it. There are challenges. Absolutely. And it can be the most blissful journey of your life when you find that one partner. And guess what you have to be in order to find that one partner? You need to be your best friend, not somebody else. You need to be your best friend. You need to have this immense self-love for yourself. Because guess what? When you love yourself tremendously, you're not going to put up with other people's crap. When your energetic frequencies are here, your partner's going to be right here. Because if you're here and this guy's down here, uh-uh, we ain't doing that. You get with me or get out, right? Like sink or swim, right? Get, get with the program or ship out. If they're up here and they're thinking that they're so much better than you, uh-uh. Or they're up here and you're like, God, that's awesome. I want to be there. They will bring you up. What they see in your household is how they are learning to live. Amiga, everything, everything begins with you. Everything. And guess what? What a beautiful thing. What a beautiful thing to know that you have that much power. What a beautiful thing to know that you're that chingona, that you can affect your inner being and have a positive impact on your children's lives. Create the most amazing, richest, most respectful, most trusting and trustworthy relationship with your children. Are they going to drive you nuts at times? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's okay. It's okay. I had my 20-year-old, I impromptu interviewed her for Instagram the other day. She was drinking a beer. And when she's like, hey, with her modelo, I was like in my head, like, oh God, Marissa. And I was expecting it. I was expecting it from people. Isn't your daughter like underage and you're letting her drink? And my answer was, would have been, yeah. She's drinking here in the presence of me. She's had one beer. And she said, I'm going to have a beer because I really want it with Dinga, but I'm only going to have one because I got to drive because I got to get up at four o'clock in the morning because I have to be at work at five. You can't be any more responsible than that. If she's not doing it in front of me, she's doing it behind my back. I want to know because I want to be able to support her. I want to be able to support her. She also texted me today and said, mom, can you put together a meal plan for me for two weeks? No sugar. Absolutely. What are some of the meals that you intend to eat during these two week periods? We had a conversation about that. She can come to me for anything because I have created that space because I am working on myself 
She's not going to come to me to say, mom, can you help me have a sugar-free diet for the next two weeks? If I am gorging on all things sugar and gluten and all the stuff that is bad for my body. I asked her, why do you want this? She's like, oh, my energy levels are really low, mom. And I'm my face. And I just, I want to feel great. Good. Everything begins with you, amiga. You can control the things that happen in your home. Here are some powerful questions. We're not going to cover disempowered questions because you're probably asking them already. So I want you to replace those with these new questions. What will I see in my home when I start doing for myself what I want my kids to do for themselves? What will I see in my home? How will I feel when I'm taking care of my health and my mind in the same way that I want them to take care of theirs? How will I feel? Here's another super powerful question. Who else wins? Who else wins when I model the behaviors that I wish to see in my home? Who else wins? When you're happier, aren't you kinder to your husband? Aren't you kinder to your children? You're kinder to your dog. You're kinder at work. Who else wins? Amiga, you don't have to do this alone. If you want help, transformational coaching is going to help you. It's going to decrease the tension in your home, and it's going to increase the peace in your life. Here's what I want you to do. Write down this code, MOMS. If you want to take your emotional wellness journey deeper, if I've struck a chord, if you want to understand boundaries a little bit more, there is a 90-minute conversation that you could book. It's the Elevate phone call or the Elevate and Love Yourself phone call. And it's $97, 90 minutes. Because you're here today, you get it for half off if you use the code MOMS. And that is it, amiga. Thank you so much. How are we doing on time? We're like a minute away from seven. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Please follow me on Instagram and Facebook, Chingona Living. If you have any questions, if you want to tell me how it went for you here in the chat or the Q&A, I'd love to know. Please let me know. Otherwise, thank you so much for being here. I'm going to stay on for the next 60 seconds in case anybody has any questions for me. Um, thank you. Thank you for being here today. <laughs> All right, you guys. We have another question. Amazing job. Thank you. Ay, amiga, te quiero mucho. Mi hermana del alma. Mi hermana del alma. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, ladies. Seven o'clock on the money. Have a lovely evening. Thank you for letting me be of service today. Thank you. Thank you, Evelyn. Thank you, Corey. Oh, yes. Yes, Frenchie. I'm so glad you got some value out of it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Oh, yes, yes. I'm so happy to hear that, Robert. Shout out to the men who are chingones too. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. All right. If you liked today's episode and want to watch the recording, head on over to chingonaliving.com forward slash chingona 
moms and get ready to take some more notes. And then don't forget to schedule your Elevate phone call using the discount code that I gave at the end of this webinar. I hope you enjoyed it, amiga. I can't wait to hear what it does for you and for your relationship with your children.